Hello, and welcome to this message from Calvary Albuquerque. We're excited to hear from our special guest speaker, Victor Marks, who is an expert martial artist, former U.S. Marine, a sought-after speaker, and the founding director of the nonprofit organization, All Things Possible. We pray that God uses this message to empower you to live for Him. If He does, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at mystory@calvaryabq.org. And if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can give online securely at calvaryabq.org slash giving. Now, we invite you to open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5 as Victor begins the message, The Lion and the Lamb. I can't think of a better way to spend my 50th birthday than to be here uh, sharing what Christ has done, to be with my friends, uh, Skip and Linya, and the, and the stand here and have the privilege to, uh, to declare how good God is. And He's been very good. Uh, although when I worked up this morning, I worked out and it just seemed harder. I don't know. I'm 50. I'm like, <laughs> well, it's, uh, again, a privilege to be here. My, um, my, uh, my, f- I just got back from Iraq, uh, 72 hours ago uh, and actually got back. I didn't even switch out my luggage. I just got my wife. Couple of my kids and said, "Let's hit it," and uh, we get to come down here. And then I'm surprised. My three adult children—I have five kids—and my three adult children all flew in last night, and we're here to surprise me for my birthday. We have five amazing, four amazing children. One kind of—I love him too. Uh, Actually, you know what's crazy is that uh, my oldest son, it was actually his birthday yesterday on the 4th of July. And uh, when we had him, i never forget, we had him. I'm from Louisiana, just in case you may not know. Uh, I'm one of them Cajuns. But i never forget, we actually uh, had a home birth in the bayou, okay? And my wife, she hands him to me and says, happy birthday. And then I dropped him. I, uh, <laughs> nope, I didn't drop him. But he started training in martial arts when he was two years old. So he got dropped a lot intentionally. <laughs> this morning we're going to look at the book of Revelation. Uh, basically, you can study the book of Revelation intently. You can go to Bible college. You can learn and read it from the Septuagint and the Greek. Break it down, spend years to understand the hidden mysteries. Or you can do what I did and uh, just get Pastor Skip's book on the book of Revelation. And uh, actually, I'm just so excited. I was like, hey, this is great. Uh, but I do want to share just a few passages out of it. And I hope it touches your heart and encourages you in some things. Maybe remove some false perception of who Jesus is and God is and speaks truth to your heart. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open up the scroll and loose its seven seals. And I look, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, and which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him 
who sat on the throne. Father, teach us, Lord. Speak to our hearts. We're mere humans, but yet you give us the privilege to, by the power of your Spirit, enlighten us to your sacred scriptures, which this is. And Lord, help us to know more about you, because we, we, well, we want to know you. That's the payday, knowing you and how much you love us. So I pray for each person here, those watching, those in the other campuses, Lord. We all come with different challenges, some in deep heartache, some with full of joy. But God, meet the needs, I pray. And, and Lord, surprise those who did want to come today. Those who, <laughs> like I, used to be drugged to church and didn't like it. Would you be especially gracious to them to open up their mind and, and heart to receive the truth and be set free? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, um, Book of Revelation intimidates a lot of people. Say amen. Yeah, and uh, but the truth that it has, it, it's worth studying and learning to be encouraged. And here we see John talking about being in a a place to where he was upset because these real important scrolls with seven seals on them, nobody could take it, and you know what happens. Someone turns to him and said, hey, don't weep. There is one who is worthy to open the scrolls. And he calls him the Lion of Judah first. And then as John goes to look, he actually sees a lamb as though he was slain. So it could be confusing a little bit. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus is both a lion and a lamb. And I'm glad he's both. Just returning from um, Iraq, we were in the northernmost part, and then we traveled to IDP camps. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on over there. Um, ISIS having a field day, uh, which ISIS, I always call them evil ISIS when I make posts. Uh, I, I, I don't like to capitalize them, so I use small i. People are correcting me. You should capitalize them. I go, I don't respect them. They're not going to get a capitalize out of me. It's about the only thing I learned in school. Eighth grade was the best six years of my life, and I don't know the... <laughs> I call them evil ISIS because that's what it's about. But our ministry, we go into high-risk areas. It's, we call it high-risk missionary work. Our mission ops and, and, uh, we're very passionate about bringing hope and healing and, uh, justice to kids, girls, people who have been abused and suffer. And, uh, we, we've kind of gone after girls who've been captured by ISIS. And, and we try to help them in the recovery phase or to help facilitate just in human trafficking period, uh, the release of Especially kids who've been trafficked for sex. It's beyond, it's beyond horror. You know, the degradation that takes place. And, um, I've been to Burma. Y'all know my friend, David Eubanks, came over here. That's my buddy. 
I've been in the jungles with him. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I flew him into Iraq for his first time. And I was like, hey, you want to have some fun? He's like, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you get SF guys, uh, <laughs> special forces, spec op guys who have been highly trained, and they turn their skill sets and mindset for the glory of God. You start hurting the enemy's feelings, both in a lot of ways. But this trip was pretty powerful. Uh, the last time I was in, I guess we had done some things that hurt ISIS's feelings. And um, as a result, some extremists contacted me through social media and, you know, made a big deal about wanting to behead me and all that praying. Yeah. I was like, well, <laughs> so I bought an orthopedic collar real quick. <laughs> That's my Cajun way to, you know, you ain't going to hurt me now. Um, I, I don't know. You know, as a Christian, you kind of have a choice. You can either be afraid or you can stand up and for what's right and let God infuse you with courage in your greatest moment of need. Uh, I, I tend to like the second one because it turns out better. Even if we die. You know, when I went to Iraq last time, my wife came with me. She's like, yep, I'm going. I'm like, no, you're not. She goes, yes, I am. I'm like, no, you're not, woman. Be silent. <laughs> I was trying to contort some scriptures, you know. Submit, submit, submit. She's all, I'll submit you with a rear choke. That's the problem when your wife's also a black belt too in train. It's like, well, okay. But I'd never forget, she said, honey, you're going to go in. You'll find those girls who've been held captive. But the problem is once you find them, you can't hug them. She said, but I can. And that's going to be my contribution to the team. And sure enough, she did. And... uh yeah, God's hand of protection was on us. I remember at one point we were so close to ISIS, I could see their black flag. Seriously. I was like, well, look, there's a whole new meeting to capture the flag. <laughs> Cover me. Yep. No, I, you know. But you gotta choose. You gotta choose. You're gonna let the enemy bully you or stand up for what's right. Uh, also, I think in Revelation, talks about, you know, how we overcome the wicked one, you know, blood of the Lamb, the Word, and, and then that last part nobody really likes to talk about, uh, they didn't love their life unto death, right? Uh, meaning, at some point you just have to say, well, whatever, I'm going to die anyway. Might as well obey the Lord, and if that's the way I'm supposed to go, that's His business, not mine. Does that make sense? Uh, truly. I mean, I travel all over the country when I speak. And one of the things that I get, I scratch my head with is how many Christians are afraid. Just scared. And it's like, ah, I get it. I know fear. I know fear to the point where my body has been shaking. You want to throw up and then you got to keep going. I get fear. Alright, but I know this, that the Bible says, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So, I mean, what does that mean? If you break it down exegetically, it means that. I mean, some of you out there spend a lot of time trying to break down a, a word, 
Because it's just getting next to you. You're like, I'd like to somehow make that mean something different. And the Lord says, no. It's like that scripture that says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead actually dwells in us. You know what that means? Exactly that. So, so at some level, we as Christians can live supernatural and far beyond what we think possible if we believe the truth of God's word and we, you know, keep a short list, meaning when we sin, we confess our sin and, and then he's faithful and just to what? To what? Yeah, it's a, you know. Most Christians, when we blow it, we don't really think God's going to forgive us. We think he's up there waiting to crack us. The lion aspect of God. I mean, do you ever, you ever get confused? Is God a loving God or is he a God of wrath? I mean, you go in the Old Testament, he smoked some people. I ain't going to kid you. You start reading about David and Goliath. Huh? I told that story when I was a new believer because Calvary let me speak to elementary kids. <laughs> yeah, you kind of get it already. Man, I was just out the Marine Corps. My hair hadn't even grown out long enough. And I started telling these kids, so listen, I was reading last night, studying, and, and there was this kid, probably a teenager, and he had to fight this dude, and there's two sides of the battle, and this, once these guys are just afraid of him, and he's down there, and, and David gets this notion that God really is on his side, and he, he understands he's got skill sets that he's practiced over the years, to where he's, he's confident in the skill sets he's been given, but also that God's gonna enable him, and he actually goes after this full-on monster. Boom! Bang! Boom! Freaks everybody out. Then he grabs a sword and he starts hacking this guy's head to show you ain't gonna. And then he had, probably had to use two hands to lift it up and stuff is dangling. And if there was any oxygen left, the eyes are maybe looking around. And right at that point, <laughs> the real teacher to the kids, cause I was just like a guest teacher, look at me and goes, I was like, what? Oh. So I just put the head down and stick to the Sunday school version. He hit him in his head with the rock and made him go to sleep. <laughs> no, no. Old Testament is full of who God is as a mighty, powerful lion and that, that makes evildoers pay the price. Right? And, and then you have Jesus come on the scene, and here he is, meek and mild. How we make him. And, uh, I was always confused. But you know when I really realized that Jesus could be both a lion and a lamb? Well, it was when I was a kid. And, uh, I come from a basic, pretty crazy background. Some of you may know already. Um, uh, I, I suffered abuse as a kid. I was tortured. From electrocution to water to, it, it, the result, the net result was 123 visits to a trauma specialist in nine months. I've been on Depakote, Depakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar. I've had a psychiatrist look at me and tell me, son, your brain will never fully function again because of the trauma you've 
uh, had done to you. And I was always been smart aleck. I said, well, my brain never functioned anyway, so. <laughs> Keep paying your student loan, doctor. Let's <laughs> see who I am. <laughs> Some of you need to be who you are and quit trying to be good. The church has tried to make men good for such a long time to make your behavior better. Some of you wives have, have helped encourage that. Just make my man good. Maybe your man's not made to be good. Maybe he's meant to be wild and, and crazy and on fire for the Lord. And a little bit of rough, but all about it. Maybe you need to let him run a little bit. Give him back them reins. Instead of putting him on that little pony thing at the Walmart. <laughs> oh, honey, you just go. You got another quarter. <laughs> Thanks, honey. When actually he just wants to go out in the field and get him a while dying and say, it's me and you, come here. Uh, hmm. I, don't, I don't know anybody that's good, really, except Jesus. And he's perfectly good. And that's, I like standing in his righteousness, which then allows me to feel his grace and love and, and to live how he's called me to be. And when we do stumble, which we do, and we got to be honest with ourselves, it's one thing to lie to somebody else. It's another thing to lie to yourself. If you got problems, addictions, hangups, just be honest and go, Lord, okay, I need more of you. I mean, have you ever, I remember a time in my life as a Christian, I just said, Lord, I need your mind because mine isn't working great. And I, I just, ugh. It's like, I was just waiting. Daily walk with me. Read my word. Have your mind renewed. It's all right there in the book. And it can happen. But how I knew Jesus was more than a little lamb is when my stepfather had come home one night drunk. The electricity bill was too high. He pulled out a pistol, started shooting lights out around the house. Even then as a kid, I'm thinking, I ain't no rocket scientist, but if the, I think if we just turn the lights off, <laughs> might be a better way there. Sport. And uh, he actually, he, he, my mother ran us all into a closet, and she, she left the door open to the room, knowing that he'd come looking for us. And if you shut the door, you, you know, he's going to kick it in. So she tried to throw him off by keeping that door open. And I forget, he came. You could hear his shoes walking on that that hallway. And him saying, come out. Come out. And he got to the door. And my mother, she did the only thing that she could. She started praying. And she said, the blood of Jesus covers the door. The blood of Jesus covers the door. You know, at one point, that was real fear. Fear that turns into terror. And I thought, Mom, why are you calling Jesus? He's the guy in a Sunday school class that he's on the he's the felt board guy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, Jesus on the felt board. Is that just me, or do y'all y'all look like it's a felt board? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's before high-end media graphics. <laughs> and they put little Jesus on his felt board, and he always looked kind of anemic, quite honestly. Like, 
his blood sugar levels weren't quite right. And he's all, oh, he's giving bread. And there's one, like, he's, he's going to heaven. He's like this. I'm all, uh, turn him sideways, put a cape on him, put some ink, let him fly. But I remember, Mom, we, we need like a Rambo Jesus right in this particular moment, a Jason Bourne, a, someone that's... <laughs> and then it happened. My stepfather tried to come into our room with that pistol in his hand, and with an open door, he couldn't breach it. A clear open door, he couldn't get through it. Something supernatural had happened, and he was being held back. And at that point as a kid, I was like... I like this, Jesus. Uh, and then I felt courageous. I was like, you can't get the door. We escaped that night. And it was a good thing. That man ended up getting put in prison for a long time, then escaped. That's a whole nother story. I'm telling y'all, God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Because God is on our side. If he is for us, then who can be against us? Yeah? And here... The truth of the matter is when you see Jesus as he referred to as the lion and the lamb, what we're to see is him, not only as a conquering king who will slay the enemies of God at his return, but also the sacrificial lamb who took away the reproach of sin from his people so that they may share in his ultimate victory. Hmm. So what's the balance? If God is a God of... Well, the Bible says vengeance is His. So a lot of people get this mindset that, well, you know, God will take care of everything. But does that not preclude us from doing what we can to prevent bad from happening to kids or innocent? Does, does that make sense? Now, I've taken things in my own hands at certain times, and it's probably not. Uh, you know, you got to learn your lessons. Because I, I actually was on staff at a Calvary. Back in the 80s. Yeah, the place where I told the kids about the... They actually let me go on staff there. Talk about a moment of discernment that you... But... No, I, I think the, the Calvary pastors, they said, Victor, if we don't get a hold of you and try to disciple you up, you're going to do more damage for the kingdom than good. They were right. I never forget one time this guy who had had cyclical uh, problems in his marriage and would always come to the church and then meet with me to try to get me back with his wife because of his outbursts and drug addiction and drinking and, you know, cheating on her and all that. This time he came, came into the church just like this and, and uh, one thing led to another. He's in my office again. But what he didn't know, because he's like, oh, Belle, you got to go call my wife and help me get back together with her. What he didn't know, I'd already got a phone call from her. And she said he blew it again, went crazy, and then hit our little girl walking out the door. Boom, knocked her against the wall. And he's sitting in my office. And I said, um, it's so bad things happen. Yeah, I heard. I said, uh, so straight to the point, you hit your daughter. You knocked her, you, you popped your little bitty toddler against the, the wall. And he was kind of surprised I had that information. And he said, uh, 
Yeah, and then he goes, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't just, my life. He goes, maybe I should get hit. And then I just... That's the first thing we agreed on. I said, I said, amen. That's a word from the Lord. So as I went after him and he's on the ground kicking and screaming, uh, pretty loud, the, the door bust open. And of course it would be equivalent to Pastor Neil here. Open the door is young Marine. And, uh, my mindset literally was like, what? I'm in a counseling session. <laughs> People just come on busting in your blood. And he, he knew my IQ, so he goes, uh, uh, Victor, come here just for a moment. I was like, oh, alright, you ain't going nowhere. He walks me right in the hall, he goes, um, when people come here for counseling, he says, we, we, we don't hit them. That's, uh, and I said, oh, I know that. I said, no, no, I, I understand. He actually said I could. So that's why he's looking at me like, the other pastors in the hallway going, finally somebody smacks an idiot. So I was encouraged to take my ministry to another level in a different place. Not on staff any longer. <laughs> but in the grave where God finally landed me? Huh? Hey, that's what I'm saying. God wants to use each one of us the way He created us, and certainly not pounding on people, but I don't mind hurting bad people's feelings who are hurting kids. And how we do things, not only overseas, but here. And you need to pray for us, because the battle is not just ISIS or human traffickers or whatever. The battle is against evil. And they're worth fighting for. Both being a lion for the Lord and a compassionate, gentle, loving lamb. I tell you what, how about I show you some pictures from my trip to Iraq? Would you like to see a few? I brought them here. Let me just, first of all, we were in some very, very fun places. At one point, as a crow flies, we were five miles from the Iranian border. That's fun. And, uh, you know, I, we were up on the roof, all of a sudden, boom, I was like, what is that? Actually, a place that we were staying, uh, that Pastor Skip actually stayed on my last trip. We, that's how I actually met him in Iraq. Do y'all know that? That's where we officially met. I was like, hey, I spoke at your church. That's very nice to meet you. We're in Iraq. You're crazy. And uh, I thought you pastors just kind of hide behind your pulpit, you know. Not him. And on top of that, his wife, <laughs> you know where I met her? In the jungles of Burma. Are you kidding me? I mean, I am deep in. It's a two-day haul to get in there at one point to get to the location. I had to do, I think it was a 40-kilometer movement in a day. You got landmines, you got anacondas, you got people that want to shoot you. And I'm in a hut where there's rounds that had hit in the past and, and, uh, all of a sudden here she comes with gin and Murray. Just, I mean, it's like almost midnight. I'm on, what the heck? Y'all got some people that have got some good Jesus DNA of lion and lambs. And, and be excited about that. 
Well, uh, my time here, I mean, I just got, again, I just got back like 70 hours ago. One of my first findings, which was amazing, way up in northern Iraq, I actually found, uh, to my surprise, the Luigi brothers from the Mario game books, and there they are. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they since retired, and I guess they took the money and, uh, went up in the Curtis area, so God bless them. Alright, next. <laughs> All right, these are some sweet little Yazidi girls. These are the girls that ISIS goes after. These girls right here mean money to them. Because they will, as they say, use them, they use them to practice sex. That, that's, that's how they say that. And, uh, these little girls had to flee from their city. And, uh, over a million people had to leave their cities because of the onslaught of ISIS. Now you look at these girls. You got redhead, dark eyes, you got green eyes, you'll see blue eyes. And you know what I hear people here say? Even last service, they, they go, oh my gosh, they look like American girls. And I go, yeah, should it matter? Is there any more value before God of an American girl? Or a Yazidi girl? Or a Muslim girl? A South American girl? A Cambodian girl. Jesus loves all the children of the world. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. And you know what? They are worth standing up for. I love this quote. Crimes against humanity bring God's punishment. This observation is a powerful motivation for God's people to oppose the mistreatment and neglect of their fellow human beings. That's from Jeffrey Nihas. Next photo. A couple of boys. Why I like reaching kids is because if we don't reach them with hope and truth, uh, they're the ones who will be recruited next for the next wave. Next. Nothing to be said about that little beauty. Sweetness right there. Next. This girl, she's covered, not because she's... Uh, part of an Islamic extremist or anything like that. She's, she's covered because of shame. That young lady was caught and captured by ISIS and kept for many, many months. And the worst things you could possibly imagine of happened. Torture, rape, watching other people killed in front of her. I could show slides that would make some of you actually be traumatized by the after effects of exactly what's going on over there and what the news will not show you. It would jolt you to such a place you would want to write a check of support for people who are bringing hope there. It would move you out of your complacency because of the reality of what's happening. And I'll tell you what, a lot of Christians in America have just got complacent. Unless it's knocking at your door, you don't move to pray, you don't move to make a difference. And I'll just tell you, if you think you, if you think America is beyond being hit by extremists and the way of our life changing, you need to wake up. Because we as a country have been in a rebellious state toward Almighty God and told Him, we don't need you. We're going to do what we want, how we want. We're actually going to make laws that go against your very word and your law, and we don't care. And you know what? The Almighty, powerful lion of God will say, then you're going to reap the consequences your own choices and there are some consequences coming oh may God's people we repent first we pray
pray and ask God to have mercy on our country, lest it impacts us here. Next. This little boy right here, 13 years old, he is the last living blood relative male in his whole family. Every uncle, brother, his dad, they're all gone. They're all gone. It's him. I got to pray for him. Look at the look in his eyes. That's a kid that says, I don't want to be a man right now, but I have to. 13 years old. I prayed a father's blessing over him. That God would anoint him. He would come to know God as a loving father. Because, you know, what ISIS is telling these people is we're going to heaven. I've had someone tell me, I don't want to go to heaven because ISIS fighters say they're going to be there. And I've had to say, oh, sweetie, they ain't going to heaven. They're going to hell. They're going to place that's designed for Satan and his angels. And they're going to pay the ultimate price. Because know what? No evil deed will ever go unpunished. Unless a person turns to the cross of Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain, as their righteousness, they're going to reap the full consequence of their rebellion against God. Especially in greater ways, guys that are burning kids alive, burying them, doing stuff that you, you can't even imagine. This little girl got to me probably more than anybody, eight years old. At the time of that photo, just a few days ago, she'd only been home four days from after being captured by ISIS for months. I don't want to go into that. Next. This young lady on the left, that was a picture four months ago. The one on the right is, it's really because of what ISIS had done attacking their city. They had to flee living in the camp. And she was pouring kerosene fuel into a little kerosene stove in order to cook for their family. It exploded in her face. She, her father came out of the tent, helped try to put her out. And... Uh, she got an operation and the father sold his car in order to give her a second operation. She was laying in the tent with no money. They have no way to get more operations. Her ears have been burned shut. Her chin burned her hands. And I walked in there because our asset there said, you, you need to meet this. This is a real case if you could help them. And I, and I said, well, how much do y'all need? They told me the amount of money needed to, for the surgeries. I posted on Facebook and said, if anybody can help, there's a real need right now. And and I had one guy respond, well, you don't know if that's all real scams out there. And I said, let's see, I'm sitting next to her, and her father is fanning her with a hand towel to keep flies off of her charred little body. And he responded back, well, uh, okay, I, I didn't know. I said, well, you do now. Now what you going to do? Don't be that warm and blessed deal. Cut a check, man. Don't just talk. I thank the Lord. People responded. My wife and them were able to wire money to Iraq. I only got cash. Came in the next day. Can we show that slide? This is the next day. Uh, uh, next one, right there. That's her and her little brother. Look at the smile on her face. He has a little lion and a lamb. Yeah. And we laid out that cash for them to go let her get them surgery she needs. And it's because of Christians that love the Lord and made a difference. And last photo, one of my favorites, me and my bride. You know what? Protect your marriage. Trust in the Lord. Know that God is a loving God, but he's also a righteous God. 
And if you've never put your trust in him, if you've never actually acknowledged him as your Lord and Savior and said, I can't stand before a holy God on my own, then today would be a good day for you to what we say, get born again, to be forgiven. And maybe you're a Christian and you've walked away from the Lord. You're in known sin. You're in a cycle and you want to get that broken. Well, then you have to start by repenting. You have to start by acknowledging and being honest with what you've done wrong. And ask God to forgive you. He will forgive you. He doesn't lie. And he loves you. And the cross proves it. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, anyone here, Lord, that needs your salvation, I pray that you touch them right now. Lord, I, I, I pray if they feel the conviction of your spirit on them, they would know that you love them. But you require and command them, Lord, to turn from their sin, to acknowledge it, and, Lord, to surrender to you and make you Lord of their life. If that's you today, you say, Victor, pray for me. Pray for me. I need to surrender my life to Christ. I'd love to. Would you pick your hand up real high so I can see who you are? Where are you at? Lift your hand up and put it down. I'll pray for you. God bless you. God bless you and you. Who else? Over there. God bless all of y'all. Good. God bless you. You over here. Who else? God bless you. Now's the day of salvation. Don't hesitate. Don't let your pride and don't let fear stop you. Those watching, you lift your hand over there. God can see you. It's just your point of indicating that's me. Anybody else? Lift your hand up real high. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. I mean, you know, you know if God, God bless you, is drawing you because it's him. It ain't the words of some old crazy Cajun preacher. It's the Lord God Almighty. Anyone else? Pray for me, Victor. I need to get my life right with the Lord. Okay, in the back. And you may say, Victor, it's my day to come back to the Lord. If that's you, God bless y'all. Then lift your hands too. You prodigals, come on back and I'll pray for you. Who else here? God bless y'all. Good, good. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you touch these have indicated their need for you, Jesus, for you. To know you, to be like you, to stand, Lord, in, in your presence, completely clean of all their sin. Because, uh, Lord, we're sinners that need a Savior. And, Father, I pray you would touch them, and, Lord, they would know that they've been forgiven, cleansed, and the power of your Spirit is in them now to do great things that will glorify your name for all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this special service from Calvary Albuquerque featuring our guest speaker, Victor Marks. How will you put the truths you've learned into action? Let us know. Email us at mystory@calvaryabq.org. And just a reminder, you can give financially to this work at calvaryabq.org giving. Thank you for joining us for this special teaching from Calvary Albuquerque.